0: Hello, it's good to be with you again at Church Without Walls. I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today I just want to share about the wonderful promises of Jesus that he is coming soon and uh, that we are to live our life in the hope that Jesus could come at any time and uh, and that's going to propel us into an exciting, glorious uh, future that will last forever and ever. And um, that's true, of course, as long as we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We, you, we must have a personal relationship with God, a personal trust in Christ as our Savior, because we can't save ourselves. So that's the number one thing. We need to trust in Christ, give our heart to Christ, And then live a life that is worthy of him. But I want to take you to the words. Beautiful words of Jesus that he spoke just before his death on the cross. In John chapter 14. Verse. The first few verses. John 14. Jesus said to his disciples including us. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house. And his father's house is in heaven, because he told us to pray, our father in heaven. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go. So in other words, he's saying, through my death and resurrection, I'm going to go back to heaven. I go to prepare a place for you. Praise God, he's preparing a mansion for us in heaven. And then he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And this is the bridegroom speaking to his bride saying, I'm going to come again just for you. And this is a coming of Christ um, just for believers. For the purpose, not, this is not for the purpose of taking over the earth. This is the, for the purpose of fetching his bride and bringing his bride uh, back to, to receive us to himself. That where he is, we may be also. Hallelujah. And that means that we will be with him in, in heaven. And these are the words, these are romantic words as it were, that we will be together with the Lord forever and that's what's called our blessed hope that we look forward for Jesus coming and then uh, he says and the where I go you know and the way you know and he's talking about heaven and, and the way of course is Jesus himself he is the way to heaven uh, Thomas though in verse 5 said to him Lord we do not know where you're going and how can we know the way Jesus said to him, I am the way, praise God, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one goes to heaven except through Jesus. He is the way by trusting in Jesus. Praise God. You will go to heaven. He is the way to heaven. But you have to trust in him and he will come back for you and bring you there himself. And this is what we call the rapture. And so I want to look at the, uh, the two classic passages on the rapture to stir up your hope that this, this is really going to happen one day, one day soon. Let's go first of all to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. And he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. And so he's talking about those believers, some believers had died, they'd fallen asleep. And, and so he doesn't want them to sorrow as those who have no hope. In other words, although we sorrow for the, the ones we have lost, we don't sorrow like unbelievers do. Because we have the hope that we're going to, to meet them again. And he explains what's going to happen. Um, Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in other words, Jesus has conquered death, which means death is not the end, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. (coughs) So this is wonderful news. This is telling us that those who sleep in Jesus, though their body lies in the grave, their spirits go to heaven. Because it says God will bring with Jesus Those who sleep in Jesus. So if you die in Christ, if you die in the Lord, your spirit goes to heaven. And when it's the time for the rapture, everyone who's in heaven in spirit form will return with Jesus in order to be reunited to their bodies. And they'll receive resurrection bodies. Because their bodies are on the earth. So they need to come back from heaven to the earth to, as it were, be reunited to their bodies. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. So notice he talks about two groups of people. There are some people who've died, who've fallen asleep. There are others who will be alive. I believe many of us listening now will be alive when this happens. We will remain alive when it's the time for the coming of the Lord in the rapture. And so he says, then the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. I believe that's a shout of joy. He's rejoicing because he's coming for his bride. And he says, uh, with the, and the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And so there's going to be the blowing of a trumpet. And the trumpet was used often, let's say, when a group of Israel would break camp. It was time to move on. Um, the trumpet would be blown and that would cause them to assemble and then go on a march. And so the trumpet of God is actually to call people um, to to rise, to meet with Jesus. And notice about this trumpet, it, the, the, there are two groups of people and it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Praise God. So the, all those who have died... Praise God, their spirits will be reunited to their bodies and their bodies will be resurrected and they will rise first. Notice there's a clear order here at the sound of the trumpet. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then, secondly, you see, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And this is where we get the word rapture from. It's the word caught up. This word caught up is harpazo, which in the Latin is where we get the word, is rapto, is where we get the word rapture. In. And it gives the impression that it, it will happen very quickly. Uh, it's as if suddenly, in a blink of an eye, uh, we will be caught up and with them to meet the Lord in the air. So the dead in Christ, there will be a trumpet blast and the dead in Christ will rise. And then there will be another trumpet blast... Uh, as we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds, and we will all meet the Lord in the air. Praise God. There's no stadium big enough on earth to take everyone, but it's, so it's going to have to be up in the air where we will all meet together and then return to heaven, as John 14 says. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. In other words, when, especially if you're worried about the your... Those beloved who, who have died, he says, this is comforting because there's a day coming when not we will be raptured if we're still alive, but also all those who've died in Christ will also be resurrected. They'll be part of this same glorious event. This is the event we look forward to our blessed hope when we move into our eternal state. Notice Paul is at great pains to emphasize that the event initiated by the trumpet of God happens in two stages, involving two groups of saints, those who've died and those who are still living. There's a distinct order here, with the dead in Christ rising first, followed by those who are still alive. So it follows that the trumpet of God will be blown twice. The first sounding of the trumpet is to resurrect the dead and call them to Christ. Then the second sounding of the trumpet is to rapture the living. And this, of course, is the last trumpet. And that's exactly what we see in 1 Corinthians 15. This is the other classic rapture passage. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Let's go there now. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. Praise God. What that means is this is something that is not being revealed in the Old Testament. Now, the resurrection of the dead was revealed in the Old Testament, but the rapture of the living, that is something that was never revealed in the Old Testament. And so, this is a mystery. This is a new revelation. This is something that is specifically for the church. Behold, I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep you see. So in other words, uh, not all of us will die. There'll be many of us that will still be alive. I believe I'll I'll still be alive when this happens. He says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In other words, we will not die and we won't be resurrected like those who've died, but our body will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And when it says moment, it's atomos, which means an atomic second, the shortest possible period of time. This will not be a gradual change that you'll feel an anointing come on and, and you'll think, oh, I think God's moving here. It will literally happen like that. One moment you'll be going around your life and the next moment you will be changed into an immortal body and you will find yourself rising to meet the Lord in the air full of joy. And it could happen at any time. We shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. In the time it takes for light to reflect off your eye. Notice at the last trumpet. So what does that mean? The last trumpet. Well the first trumpet you see. Was raised the dead in Christ. But now we who are still alive. There will be a second trumpet. Which is the last trumpet. Which will actually release the power of God for us to be changed. We shall be changed at the last trumpet, you see. For the trumpet will sound, that's the first trumpet, the first trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and then, too, we shall be changed at the last trumpet, you see. So two groups of people, two trumpets, that's why it says the last trumpet. Notice it's specifically those who are alive who are changed at the sounding of the last trumpet. The dead in Christ are not changed, they're resurrected at the first trumpet. But, but, the, the, but, the, but the living are changed at the last trumpet. So combining these two, we can see that Christ will sound the trumpet twice. At the first trumpet, the dead are raised, that the last trumpet, we who are alive, will be changed and raptured. And he goes on to describe what will happen to us. For this corruptible body, verse 53, must put on incorruption. And this mortal body must put on immortality. Hallelujah. So our body is not going to, those who are alive, it's, it's not the dead body being resurrected. It's a living body, a, but a mortal body, which means a death-doomed body. This, with, without this intervention of God our body is bound to die but our body is going to put on immortality we will receive an immortal body that will last forever and ever praise God and so when this corruptible is put on incorruption and this mortal is put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory hallelujah death will be defeated forever Jesus defeated death already on the cross in his death and resurrection and now that victory will be applied to us hallelujah as an act of grace by God and then he's, he shouts defiantly O oh death where is your sting O oh Hades where is your victory death and Hades I call the terrible twins you see for each man under the curse under the f- f- curse of sin there are two enemies and when a man dies This is a man outside of Christ. This is a man, if Christ had not done what he did, this would be true for everyone. Death comes and takes his body. And death has a claim on his body because of sin. And Hades comes and takes his soul, takes his spirit. And so if an unbeliever dies, death takes his body. It's under the power of death. And His spirit goes into Hades, which is a place under the earth, a place of of punishment, because they've died outside Christ. But for a believer, we can say, death, where is your sting? Hades, where is your victory? In other words, we are, uh, you know, even if we die physically, Christ is going to use the key. Notice Christ says, I have the keys of death and Hades. And when he turns the key of death, he will actually... Release our body from the power of death and we will receive an an immortal body. Praise God. Death, where is your sting? Hades, where is your victory? Christ has already turned the key for believers because he says, remember... um, Jesus said, I will build my church in Matthew 16 and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So if you're a member of the true church of Jesus Christ, if you're truly born again, the gates of Hades will not prevail against you. So even if you were to die, you do not go down into Hades. You go through the gates of Hades. You go up to heaven. Hallelujah. So Hades has no power over you. And even death, even if you die. the keys christ will use the keys to reverse that and give you a resurrection body and for many of us we will still be alive death will not be able to take us and hades will not be able to take us oh death where is your sting oh hades where is your victory the sting of death is sin the thing that gives death power over us is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, who has given us the victory over Hades, who's given us victory over death. Hallelujah. We will have immortal bodies. And as a result, verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And this is what I want to pick up with next time, that... When this happens, the next thing that will happen is we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And this is when we will receive our rewards for how we have lived the Christian life. And, and he says, be abounding. But knowing that this rapture is going to happen at any time, be abounding in the work of the Lord. Your, knowing your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In other words, the Lord will reward everything that you do for him and in him. And, and and that time of reward will happen at the rapture. And, and so the the Bible finishes in Revelation 22 with us. Jesus wants us to live in the reality that this could happen at any time. Because he says in verse 7, Behold, I'm coming quickly. And then in verse 12 he says, Behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. You see? When he comes, he will come quickly. It will happen suddenly. And then he will reward us according to our work. And then in verse 20 he says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. And this should be our response. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. We should be eagerly awaiting the coming of the Lord Jesus. Because it's going to be an awesome event. And we need to live our, the rest of our life in the light that Jesus is coming anytime time. And he will, you know, come with his rewards. And therefore we need to live our life for him. Living in the light of the fact that we will be standing before him. And giving an account for our life. So Jesus is coming suddenly, quickly, soon. be be ready, live a life that is pleasing to him, giving him glory. Lord, I pray for everyone listening to me now. I just pray that you make this real to their hearts, that you are alive, that you have conquered death, and that you are coming for us soon, and that we are to be ready, eagerly waiting for you to come. This is our blessed hope. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.